Amen. Praise God. Awesome message there. Huh? You give me an, an idea for an illustrated sermon with a backpack. So if you see it up here sometime, I'll, I'll try to remember to give you credit for it. Let's all stand. Good to see all of you here tonight. You know, you can, uh, you can keep charge of your finances yourself or you can give God the opportunity to take care of your finances. And I give you a little hint. I've learned it the hard way, but he's a lot smarter than we are, and he'll do a lot better job. How many of you can say amen to that? All of you visitors, we are so glad that you are with us. Every Sunday, we're here at 9 and 11 o'clock, midweek service on Wednesday, 630. Pam and I have been sharing this message and this series on living the Word of God. She is in Tulsa. She sends her love. Talked to her just a few moments ago. But we, uh, we encourage all of you visitors, if you don't have a church, stay where you are, right here. We would love to have you. And uh, you'll be blessed. If you have children, we have an exciting children's ministry, exciting youth ministry, and really anointed men and women of God taking care of the kids over there, teaching them and training them for what they need to know. So we're glad you're with us. <clears throat> the National Day of Prayer is the um, first Thursday always in November, and we have always participated with and encouraged all of you to go downtown for the National Day of Prayer, but we have seen no uh, uh, advertising at all, so I'm assuming they're not having it downtown, but if they are, we're going to do it in conjunction with them. We've never tried to compete with them, but how many of you realize you can't have too much prayer? <clears throat> if there was ever a time when we needed not just a national day of prayer, we need 365 days of prayer a year for this country. And the flyer that you see, I believe that the enemy has really stirred things up in this great nation. And I believe the enemy has infiltrated the executive, the judicial, the legislative. And I believe we need men and women of God who do something that somewhere along the line people said, we don't need to discuss religion and politics. We need to take over religion and politics. And we need to exalt the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This is a Christian nation where men and women of God are free to worship however they want, or not at all if they want. But uh, I believe we're going to retake some territory in this nation. How many of you believe there's still great things ahead for America? we got some flaws, but no, every nation does, but that's okay. But God doesn't, so he'll take care of it. Okay, let's all say it. All of you visitors. We normally make this confession because we believe that while it's very simple, we believe it's also very important. And uh, so here's what we say. Say it after me. The Word of God, word of God is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I, the word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And, if I don't, and if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. Good to see all of you here tonight. If you have your Bibles... Just turn to your favorite scripture, and we'll start there. And uh, but it's good to good to see all of you here. We've been we've been sharing on uh, living the word, and I, I just really pray that this message comes across. This will be the final one on this particular series, the final one regarding living the word. And, and I just pray that this comes across right because it could sound like I'm contradiction, contradicting things that I've said about the Word of God and the written Word of God over the years if you've been here in the church. But it's not a contradiction. Father, I pray that I will be able to share this message the way I felt in my spirit. I received it from you. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. tell your neighbor, I'm going to get something tonight. <clears throat> we have been sharing about how important it is to live the Word of God. And I'm going to paraphrase it and then get into some specific scriptures. Matthew 4, 4, when Jesus said that man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that he got that word firsthand from his father when his father spoke it forth. And it is recorded in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Then we talked about how the sower sows the word and that everywhere that we go we sow what is the power of the word of God, which is God's word. And we shared out of Hebrews 4 last week how that there is power in the word of God. Now, the power is the word that God is speaking 
and that it produces after its own kind. And that we have the written word of God that is given to us. It is recorded, the old covenant and the new covenant. And then we have what Jesus told us would happen when he left and that what would happen when the Holy Spirit came. And that's what we're going to share today. If we are not careful, even as spirit-filled, born-again Christians, we can try to live, and this is the part, turn to your neighbor and say, I got hearing ears. We can try to live out of this Bible and this Bible alone and take the words and appropriate them to do whatever we want without the leading of the Holy Spirit, and they will not produce what you are trying to get them to produce, but they will produce what God wants you to accomplish if you're doing what God has told you to do. Now, if you got that, help me out and raise your hand. And if you didn't, say, oh, my goodness. <laughs> because, because, let me give you an example. When I first got saved, and most of you in this church have heard that. When I first got saved, I didn't know anything about the Word of God, which is probably most of you. I learned it along the way, but the first scripture that I ever learned or ever grabbed was John 14, 14. And it says, if you add, this is Jesus speaking. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, I latched onto that scripture right away because there's a whole lot of things I wanted. And I began to give Jesus my laundry list. I told him, and again, I know some of you've heard this, I want a new Lincoln Continental. I want to be out of debt. I want everything to go away that was there that I caused and other people caused. And and I never saw any of that. Never got a Lincoln Continental. Uh, took me a long time, almost 20 years to get out of debt from the time I first asked him until the time I grabbed that scripture. How many of you realize that God does not work for us? Turn to your neighbor because you may have come the right night and just tell him God does not work for you. God is looking for a few good men and a few good women to work for him. And he wants us to accomplish his plan and his purpose on this earth. And if we get a revelation of this, it will absolutely set you free. In the beginning, I begin to start to what some people call cherry pick the word. John 14, 14, I'll take that one. John 15, 7 and 8 says, whatever I desire to do. But yep, I got some desires. And I, I, got, I got my list, God, and I'm working it out for you here. And you're blessed to have me, and I'm blessed that you're working for me, and we're going to be a good team. Well, I don't think that really impressed God whatsoever. Somebody came along, told me, along with my wife, who I, I had just, well, actually I hadn't met her yet, but somebody came along and told me that the way you operate in this new world that you have entered into is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that if you're not led by the Holy Spirit, the promises of God are not going to take you where God wants you to go. You will try to get God to do what you want him to do for you. And all of a sudden, it was a new thought to me. And so I got my two scriptures, and I thought, well, I'll set them aside, but they're good scriptures. I know I need to learn the Word of God, but I'll get a prayer journal. And in my prayer journal, somebody told me, if you will write down every day what God is speaking to you, that's what God wants to perform, and then you take the Word of God and you appropriate that based on how God is leading you and where God wants you to accomplish what He wants you to accomplish for Him. So I got my prayer journal out, and I thought, okay, I'll give this a try. And, and uh, so I wrote that old prayer journal down there. And so one day I'm praying, I said, now, God, if it's possible, I'd like to get married again. But I don't want to play the dating game. I just want the person that you have for me. Ah, simple, innocent enough prayer. And I wrote that down in my little prayer journal. And a few weeks later, about 3 o'clock in the morning, God woke me up, but I wasn't sure it was God at the time. But I woke up in the middle of the night, and I had this name going off inside me. Pam Skelton, Pam Skelton, Pam Skelton. And I wrote that down in my little prayer journal. 
And God, through a supernatural series of events, brought her into my life, and we were able to get married. But it was done by the Spirit. Everybody say, by the Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and, and say, if you're not married, don't look for a mate. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ask God to bring you one. Ask God to bring you one, and then you'll get the right one. And she'll get the right one, or he'll get the right one, whichever. But now, I did not know very much at all. I'm still learning the Word of God. But I learned at an early age to journal continually what I felt the Holy Spirit was showing me. And as I began to do that, I saw the hand of God move. His hand was moving based on what he wanted me to do, not based on what I wanted him to do. That makes sense so far? Wave your hand again if it's making sense. I want to make sure I'm not misleading anybody or you're not hearing correctly. So then, if we're going to live the word of God, we're going to have to get to the point when we recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, an internal communication network that works inside each and every one of us. Maybe not like it works for me. Maybe you'll be a little different. But inside you, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit came and rebirthed or birthed your spirit man that was dead. Now, your spirit man, when God comes in through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why when we read the scripture that says that the, the, this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in, it births your spirit man, your spirit man is alive, and it wants to be fed the Word of God because it strengthens it continually. So we meditate the Word of God day and night just as God spoke to Joshua. So what we do is we take all of my early, these, these are I have progressed over the years. These are very nice prayer journals. Uh, they're not real expensive, but they're a little bit more expensive. My prayer journals consisted of a spiral notebook for about 15 years, and I have them all the way back to 1980 when I gave my heart to the Lord. And from 1980 on, I have everything written down that I thought God told me to do for Him. Now, I have seen some of those things that I wrote down that later on I could tell that was not from God because it doesn't even line up with the Word of God. It must have been the pizza I had the night before, but it wasn't from God because it's contrary to the Word of God. But over the years, the more I got into the Word of God, the more I understood what God was saying to me as I wrote it down because it all lined up. And there were times it didn't make sense, but as I look back all of those years, there was a straight line. It was a straight line. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God's no respecter of persons. If you want to know why you're on this earth, you're going to have to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I say this to all of you that are parents here. The most important thing that you can do for your children is teach them how to hear from the Holy Spirit. Most important, it's, it's, more, it's more important than any of their education in school. Teach them to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. And if you do that with your children, you're going to have children far ahead to serve God, and they're not going to have to go through some of the pitfalls that you and I have gone through over the years. But it's the most important thing, and that's why we're ending this series with living the Word of God is being led by the Holy Spirit are living in the realm of the Holy Spirit. And if you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, then you have to know that you're submitted to something. Most of us have a strong mind. Can I see the hands of all the people? You have a very strong mind and you know it. It may not be going the right direction, but you know you have a strong mind. Uh, my hand is up too, and, and Pam is out in Tulsa, but I guarantee you her hand will be up. And if it wasn't, I'd go raise it for her. She's got one of the strongest minds I have ever seen and been around. However, we do not, we're not led by our mind in the realm of the Spirit if we understand how this works. Now, what I'm about to say sounds like it's going to contradict what I just said. Everything you do goes through your mind. 
You can't have pain without your mind being involved. You can't make any decision. You can't move a muscle without your mind being involved. It's instant. It's a computerized network that's brilliant that God developed and that everything we do goes through the mind. So without the mind operating, you're not going to be able to accomplish what God has. However, the mind is to be submitted to your spirit. Until you were born again, everything you did was out of your mind. Your mind controlled everything. Your flesh got involved, did some things it didn't want to do, so it contradicted your mind. Your mind finally got in agreement with your flesh, and you went the wrong direction. Turn to your neighbor and say, he may be talking to you. We've all been there, done that. And that's because we allowed things in that shouldn't have. Maybe we didn't know the Lord. Maybe we had some type of an excuse. It doesn't really matter. We went the wrong direction, and we need to change. So when the spirit man comes alive, then it begins to dictate if we allow it. We let the spirit man dictate to our mind. That's called renewing your mind so that you will know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So once your mind is renewed by the Holy Spirit through your spirit man, then you know how to appropriate the written written word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I know what he's told me to do. You can pray for healing all day long, and God's will is to heal you. But if the Holy Spirit tells you something that you're to do nutritionally or something to do from a spiritual exercise, whatever standpoint, and you're not going to do it, the written word of God is not going to supersede the spoken word of God to you at the moment. Does that make sense? You wave your hand if that made sense to all of you. In other words, God says, you, you've, you've heard my story. I don't want to go back and give all of it. But God told me years, years ago that if I didn't get to the weight of 170 pounds, that it was going to affect my health. Well, that doesn't sound like something God would say, but I wrote it down. But I kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. And then I didn't do anything about it, and my, my health took a hit. And when all of that happened, I felt like the Lord said to me, you didn't do what I told you to do. And now you're paying the price for it. But if you get back on track and do what I told you to do, you're going to live a long and healthy life. Now, that is the current manna proceeding from the mouth of God. Make sense to you so far? In other words, it's coming from the mouth of God. Now, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man shall live by every word that proceeds. Now, that's current and future. That's not past tense. If it were past tense, it would have said, man should live by all the words that proceeded from the mouth of God. He said, proceeds from the mouth of God. God is speaking to every one of you right now if you're listening. And if you develop the ability to listen and hear from the Holy Spirit, he will show you what to do. And I hadn't been saved very long, and we're going to get into some scripture here in just a moment to show you what I'm talking about right now, but I wanted to paraphrase all of it. But I hadn't been saved very long when God brought Pam into my life. And then when I would pray, again, I didn't know much of the Word of God. How many of you can relate to what I'm about to say? When I first got saved, I was probably more spirit-led than after I started studying the Word of God. Now, that sounds like, oh, you mean we don't need to study the Word of God? Oh, no, you'll be a train wreck without the Word of God. You'll hear from the Spirit, all right. (laughs) It'll be the worldly spirit and everything else. Because you've got to have the Word of God, the written Word of God. But when I first got saved, I didn't know the Word of God. All I knew was that God was speaking to me. I was supposed to write it down, and he would tell me what to do. Make sense so far? Okay, because I don't want to get too deep on you here. So when I write it down, I was going through a whole lot of things here that I was praying and trying to get God to change, and I was finding Scripture to do it. But when I prayed, this is all I heard. I didn't hear I'm going to take care of everything. This is what I heard. Go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning for your life. And I'm thinking, okay, we must have a communication problem here, God, because I'm asking you to take care of all this debt. I'm asking you to take care of all these situations. I'm asking you to take care of all this, and all I hear is go to Tulsa, and you'll find the meaning of your life. I had a chance to follow what was proceeding from the mouth of God or find a scripture and tell God how I wanted my life to be. God wanted me to follow him. 
And I know that most of you have heard this story, but I finally went to Pam and said, Honey, every time I pray, all I hear is go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning for your life. We still got the debt. We still got the mess. We still got the challenges. Everything is not going the way it should be, that what I think it should be. And all I hear is go to Tulsa and you'll find the meaning of your life. I was hoping that Pam would say, no way. And she said, if you think that's what God is saying, let's go. And as soon as she said that, oh, gosh, now I really got problems. Now she's in agreement, and I don't even know why I'm gone. It was absolutely the word of God proceeding from the mouth of God. It was exactly what God wanted. And I saw his hand continually move as we did what he said to do. Now, I say that because he's no respecter of persons. He wants to do the same thing for each and every one of you. Now, what we have to understand is how important the current word of God is. Now, I want you all to say this. The written word of God God. is extremely important. I must learn it. And I must live it. And it will give you guidance. But the most important guidance you will ever have is the current word that proceeds from the mouth of God right where you are. And every single one of you have that ability to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and to be led by the Holy Spirit. But you're going to have to change some things. You're going to have to have a quiet time. You're going to have to turn the TV off. You're going to have to turn the radio off. You may even have to take some time and turn the praise tape off that you listen to all day long because God's trying to speak to you, and you may be listening to the praise tape, and you can't hear what God's saying. Now, I just described what God spoke to me recently. Every time I get in my car, I got a praise tape on. And I was driving down the street, and I had that praise tape on, and this is what I heard. Turn it off. And I thought, that can't be God. That can't be God. I heard it again. Turn it off. Now, I can't always distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit, but I can distinguish very quickly the enemy. Does that make sense to you? The enemy just, he just cannot imitate God. He tries, but he just got this surly thing about me that when I hear it, it's like, that's the devil. I'm not going there. But this sounded and felt like God. Turn the tape off. I thought, ah. Well, all of a sudden, I hear it again. I hear it again. And finally, I just punched it and turned it off. And all of a sudden, I started hearing things. I started hearing this stuff coming. And I wrote, went over to the side of the road and started writing it down. It's like, God, this is really good. As if you have to tell God what he's telling you is really good. You know, it's like, oh, I'm sure he turned to Jesus and said, hey, Bill said it was okay. So, <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's the way it was. Said, God, this is really good. And I'm writing it down as fast as I can. And then it's, it, it's something that it's like, I don't know how this would ever work, God, but I believe this is you. I'm going to write it down. Now, I've got something to build my faith. Because he's shown me, so he's going to be responsible to make it happen as long as I get on the right road. Make sense again? Okay. All right. Now, here's what I want to share with you and, and how important this is. Now, uh, we talked about Matthew 4. We talked about Matthew 4 where the sower sows the seed. Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, that you shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Now, Jesus was talking a lot about the future, and we're going to read that in just a moment, John chapter 16. Now, think about this just for a moment. There were no Bibles when Jesus was teaching about everything that we're supposed to do. There were no Bibles back then. There were scrolls from the old covenant. There was no new covenant yet, but there were scrolls, but only the rabbis had the scrolls. You know, you didn't walk around with an old covenant in your pocket. So what the people heard was only what the rabbi told them are only what Jesus said in his small group of men. So what he was doing was laying the foundation for everything that you and I are going to do and the entire world is going to do. Now, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
It isn't that you just walk down the street with this sword of the spirit and you get rid of everything that's in your way and you got this power that just flows out of you and destroys all the enemy in the world. The power that you have is to enter into the perfect will of God. God has gone ahead and prepared the way. Everything financially you have need of is taken care of. Everything spiritually you have to take is taken care of. That's why Jesus said, don't worry in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about clothing. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about anything. You get in my plan and my purpose, and I will provide everything that you have need of. Every time I hear that, and every time I pray about that, I think about what it was like to be in the military. And if any of you have been in the military, you, you know what I'm talking about. You get your orders, and your orders say, did it, did it, did it, and that's what you're supposed to do. You never think about how you're going to pay for it. You never think about your clothes. You never think about your food other than it could be better. Uh, you know, you never think about any of those things because you know that your branch of the service, the United States government, is going to take care of everything you have need of as long as you're following the orders that they gave you. And so when we understand that, we understand that all of these things are available to us. Now, in John chapter 7, we'll read there, and in John chapter 7, this is where we'll start with the first scripture if you want to turn to it. It's John chapter 7, verse 37 and 39 and, and what Jesus is saying is on the last day, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. What is that? Well, in verse number 39, it tells us. But this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, what he's saying is that you are going to have this flow that comes through you, like gushing living water, and it's going to flow through you, but it's going to happen after I am glorified. And when I was praying about this, I didn't know whether this was part of this series or last Sunday's message. Uh, this is what I heard, and I wrote it down. My people are dehydrated. And uh, so I wrote it down. Now, I didn't have all this, okay? This is all I heard in my prayer journal. I'm just driving, and God does not speak to me the way I would probably like it. Paragraphs, A, B, C, one, two, three, I never heard God speak to me that way. He gives me bits and pieces. I don't know about all of you, but that sometimes if you're not careful, you can ignore what God is saying because it doesn't necessarily make sense to you other than this is what God wants you to hear. And so all I heard was, my people are dehydrated. I thought, okay, and I just didn't write it down, and then I heard it again. Now, when God knows that I am sincere in the hearing from him, he'll share things with me again. But if, if, if he knows I know, it's like he just stops talking to me. You know what I told you. It's almost like he's trying to get my attention, like, don't keep asking me what I said. You know what I said. And I pulled over and I wrote it down, are you dehydrated? And then a couple of days later, I heard it again, are you dehydrated? And I said, God, I don't know what that means. And then he began to tell me, my people are not living in the realm of the spirit. The water and the gushing of the fountain that I gave them is not flowing. They're living in the realm of the natural realm of their flesh. They're living in the world. They're trying to take my word, but they're not following my spirit. If they follow my spirit, everything that I have for them is waiting upon them. But if they pull away from the leading of my spirit, they'll walk away from all of my blessings. Can I see your hands again if you're with me? Okay, I don't want to lose you on any of this. Okay, so what we've got to do then is take him at his word as to what he said. Now, in John chapter, now, he, he went on to say that the dehydration, 
I looked up, I felt like I was supposed to study dehydration. If you get dehydrated, and some of you heard me make reference to this Sunday, uh, when I went through a couple of health challenges in the hospital, they said, you're dehydrated. And I said, how did I get that way? I, you know, and they said, because you're not drinking enough water. And I said, oh, okay, well, I guess that could be, I, I never really thought about it. And, and so now I have four 16-ounce containers that I have every day, so I, I know whether or not I'm getting dehydrated, and I'm not getting dehydrated. Go to the bathroom a lot, but I never get dehydrated. <laughs> that I'm drinking my water. But, but anyway, uh, what, the, what the Lord had, had shown me is that, is that just in the natural realm, when you get dehydrated, it affects every organ in your body. And when I studied this out, some of the stuff through the Mayo Clinic, much sickness and disease is actually dehydration in disguise. Your mind, your headaches, things of that. Don't think that just because you have a headache that it's just because of water. But, but your mind needs to be watered. It's just like your grass. You don't water your grass, it dies on you. You don't water your mind, it gets kind of cranky. It doesn't do right. Turn to your neighbor and say, well, I'm glad you came tonight. And your, your mind needs to be watered, and so you've got to get that fluid in there. Every organ in your body depends on water. Your body is mostly water. So what we've got to do is understand that. Well, this is what the Lord showed me. If my people aren't being filled continually by the flow of the water of my spirit, then they are not receiving health to their bones. They're not receiving the things that it says in the Bible that the Word of God is health to our bones, that the Word of God will flow through us and it'll take care of us in every area. Well, we can reach in here and grab a word and say, okay, uh, let me see, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, but God has told you what to do specifically for you and that healing flow is not flowing. Does that make sense? Because I don't want anybody to walk out of here thinking God's not going to heal me. But if everybody who quoted, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, was healed by the stripes of Jesus, there'd be nobody sick. But there are a whole lot of people that suffer at the hands of the devil and that God gives us instructions in every area of our life by his spirit. Everybody say, by his spirit. Now, let's look at John chapter 15. Verse 26. And in John chapter 15, verse 26, Jesus said this, starting 25. These things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all of the things that I have said. And then if we look over into John chapter 16, and I'm going to paraphrase all of it up through verse number 13. But it basically is Jesus telling us that the Holy Spirit is going to come, that it's important that he leaves, because when he leaves and he becomes glorified, then he is sending the Holy Spirit, and that every word that proceeds from the mouth of God will be made known to you for you. You with me so far? In other words, he knows what Sue needs to hear. He knows what <laughs> Lisa is laughing at her mom. He knows what Lisa needs to hear. He knows what Manny needs to hear because there is a plan written for everyone's life that God has, and just as the military would send you orders based on your military occupation specialty, what they call an MOS, you have an MOS, you have a specialty, Manny. Everybody here does. And you don't have to fulfill God's plan for your life, but you will never be fulfilled until you run the race you're meant. Manny, you know that. I'm preaching the choir. You'll never be fulfilled until you do what God's called you to do. Now, it doesn't mean God won't love you. If you don't want to follow God's plan, he still loves you. He'll love you. He'll always love you. He'll never stop loving you. But then, this is what I just shared with you, but it's all summed up in verse number 13. However, when the spirit of truth has come, this is talking about the word of God proceeding from the mouth of God. 
He will not speak on his own authority. Well, if he's not going to speak on his own authority, whose authority is he speaking on? Speaking his words. Whose words are proceeding from the Holy Spirit? God's word. The Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, is bringing us, Jesus is saying, the will and the word of God for us. So let's read this again. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, who's he hearing it from? He's hearing it from God. He, he will speak and he will tell you all of the things to come. For what? For Charmaine. For Gloria. And those are the things you write in your prayer journal. And you put them down and say, oh God, you don't stop. By saying, as I said so many times to the Lord, oh, God, I could never do that. You can do anything God says. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do anything God tells you. So it has to reach the point in your life when you're not concerned about whether or not you can do it because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Your only concern is, is that God speaking to me? Don't ever stop writing. You can cross it out later if it's not God. But you write. Is there trial and error involved in being led by the Holy Spirit? Oh, my goodness, yes. I've gotten in more trouble when I first got saved thinking it was the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. I could, I could write a book on that one. But, but don't ever stop. Whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take everything that I have, and he'll give it to us. Now think about that just for a moment. Jesus was on divine assignment by God, sent to this earth to give his life, to give us an example so that every believer would walk exactly as Jesus walked, and that he would give his life, he would die, he would defeat the works of the devil, he would resurrect, and that then he would send the Holy Spirit to us to lead and guide us, and that everything Jesus had, the power of God working in his life. He only did what the Father showed him to do. He only did what proceeded from the mouth of his Father. Now he says, if you, and I know I'm adding a lot to this, but it's just an interpretation. If you will do the same thing, and if you will embrace the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Father like I have, every need you have is going to be met just like every need that I had was met. I never lack for anything. You will never lack for anything if you're doing what I've shown you to do. Make sense so far? Now, this is what living the Word of God is all about. Now, if you're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have to sometimes have a checkup to make sure you know that you're doing what God told you to do. And in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 5, I hope this is not getting too heavy tonight. Uh, humor me along and say, no, it's okay. Now, <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, I, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, your real challenge is not concentrating on your flesh. Your real challenge is doing what the Holy Spirit's showing you. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Your flesh will never get in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Every single one of you have an area in your flesh where it will try to rule you. Can I see your hands? My hand is up. It'll try to rule you. And if you let it, it will. But if you're submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's not a question of dealing with your flesh. It's a question of just being obedient to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on in, in Galatians 24 and 25, the, uh, Galatians 5, 24 and 25, who says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you a little story here, and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm always talking about myself, but I don't know your story, so I have to use mine as the example. But I was praying one day, and uh, uh, every day, when, when the, the, all of the requests for mission support from people I've never even heard of, uh, we get all sorts of mail here. And it would come in, and I'd, I'd put it on my desk, and I'd pray over it. 
And I'd just take a few moments, just pray in the spirit. And sometimes we'd hear $5. I would hear, send them $5, send them $10. Crystal Vanderplatz was, uh, was our uh, uh, administrator then. And, and, and she, sometime, one time she came in and said, I, th- I think it was Crystal, came in and said, what, what, will, what will the $5 make? And I said, I don't know. That's what I felt like the Lord said, send them. Uh, but I said, if they have 100,000 people on their mailing list, and everybody sends them $5, they just got $500,000. And if they got a million people on their mailing list, they just got $5 million. So they're doing pretty good. And so, you know, we just keep right on doing it. But this one day, I had this request came in, and, and they wanted to, to build a, a, a dormitory in the Sudan. And, uh, and I said, oh, it was $10,000, I think. And this is what I heard in my spirit. Now, it was real easy sending the $5. That was real easy. They didn't, they didn't take much effort at all. And, and they needed $10,000. And this is instantly what I heard in my spirit. I want you to help them. I want you to build that dormitory. Uh, glory to God. And I look back at the stack. And I wish I didn't have to tell you this. But I look back at the stack to see if there's more to go through. That I could just go on through the rest. Because I didn't know how I would raise $10,000. And we didn't have $10,000 in this church. And I didn't know anybody here that had $10,000. And so when I heard it again, I wrote it down. I thought, okay, God, I don't know how to do that. I can't tell you how many times I've told God I don't know how to do something that he already knows I don't know how to do it. Is that, you, you would think that probably he's getting tired of hearing that. But, and, and I'd be smarter and not have to say it all the time. I don't say as much as I used to. But, but anyway, so I said, God, I don't know how to do that. And this is what I heard. I do. I said, okay, all right. Well, to make a long story short, there was a man in the Sudan changing his nation called Pastor Stanley Lonathan because in this church, we did what God told us to do. We came alongside him, and he is changing the nation of the Sudan with these kids. I believe that. I believe we need to give God a hand for that. God, God did it all. God, God is doing it all. Now, if we hadn't, done that, God would have got somebody else. But it would have been our assignment. And we would have blown our assignment. Because God has an assignment for every one of us, and it will be beyond what you hoped or imagined. When we were at Victory, and, and I'm still learning this, but when we were at Victory, I, I would pray all the time in the Holy Ghost, and God, what do you want me to hear today? And sometimes I'd hear things, sometimes I'd And one day I was praying out there, and, and, and I just, just praying, thinking nothing. And this is what I heard. I want you to take Victory Bible Institute, translate it, and send it around the world. And I want you to start an evening class by video. Now, at that time, Victory Bible Institute in Tulsa for Victory was a full-time day school. We recorded it, but we didn't video it. And I thought, wow, I'm just, I'm just a guy working here as a student part-time. Wow, that's really something. Is that really God? And so the church administrator I knew, I gave it to him. I said, I don't know if this is God or not, but this is what I heard. I gave it to the church administrator. Billy Joe Doherty didn't know me well at all. The church administrator came back and said, hey, we presented this to the finance committee. Go ahead and do it. I said, go ahead and do it. I don't know how to do it. He said, they like it. They think it's a great idea. And so it's not my idea, it's God's idea. And this is what he said. Well, if it's God's idea and he spoke to you, he'll tell you how to do it. Do it. And I went home and told Pam, I said, I don't know how to do this. I don't even know how to run video equipment. I don't even know what video equipment is. She said, well, if it's God, you better do it. Well, to make a long story short, that school right now, not because of me, because of God, is around the world, in nations all around the world. Now, what God did when I said, God, I don't know what to do, he said, I'll show you. He had me call one guy. I called one guy and said, this is what I think God told me. He said, hey, I'll help you. He came in. He was a video technician that knew everything. He put the whole thing together. It was absolutely brilliant what he did. A guy by the name of Omar Cabrera, who has a huge outreach now in Mexico, that he, or in uh, 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 South America, that, uh, that his father's ministry that he has taken over. O- Omar Cabrera was an, uh, was an ORU student attending Victory Christian Center. And somehow he heard about it. And he came in and he said, hey, I hear you want to translate. Uh, how about if we start in Spanish? I'll translate all the classes. Well, yeah, that'd be good. Now, all I did was wrote it in my prayer journal. 
I got a guy doing all the work for the video equipment. I got another guy doing all the translation, and I'm not doing anything. I love that. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he's no respecter of persons. Right now, with Pastor Stanley over there and the things we're getting ready to do, it's another step. And this is how your faith builds. It's no more $5. It's not even 10000 I was talking to Stanley about three years ago. We were in Kampala. And I said, Stanley, I, I, I hadn't even written anything in my prayer journal. This came out of my mouth. Stanley, what would you do if you had $50,000? He said, where are we going to get $50,000? I said, I don't know. He said, well, you just said it. I said, I don't, I don't know where you're going to get it. I said, I just wonder what you're going to do with it. And then I said, God, why did I say that? And, and God told me what he wanted to do. He told me how to do it. And for those of you that are around here, I said, God, I, don't, I, I have no idea how to raise $50,000. This is what God said. I want you to have a putt-putt golf tournament. I thought, a putt-putt golf tournament? That is weird. That's what I said. That is weird. <laughs> now, I don't know if I have a special relationship with God or not, but I do think he humors me along. I really do. And, and uh, I thought, I don't know anything about a putt-putt golf tournament. And, uh, and, and, and instantly... God said, go out there and look at, at the putt-putt. And I looked at the place, and I walked out, and I talked to the guy who wanted it at the time, and I said, hey, we want to have a, a tournament here and, uh, for the church. And many of you were involved. How many of you were involved in that first tournament we had? And, uh, and I told the guy, and he said, well, how much are you going to raise? And I said, $50,000. He said, you're never going to raise $50,000. And I said, well, thanks for the encouragement. And, uh, you know, I was already wondering about this. It's not... None of us wonder about what God can do. You don't wonder. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't, I don't question what God can do. What we question is, am I hearing clearly from God that he wants to use me in the process? And uh, so this guy was no comfort. Uh, even Pam, when I talked to her, sometimes said $50,000. Now, she was for me, so I'm not trying, trying to say she was ever against it, but we both had the conversations like, that is a whole lot of money. When we ended the golf tournament that night, we had $50,000, and I think we had $25 left over or something like that. We, we cleared $50,000. And the guy who told me we could never do it, yeah, yeah. And the guy who told me we could never do it shook his head and said, I can't believe it. <laughs> now, all I, I, what I'm saying is that money is never the situation. And, 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 and it's always about, are we doing what God said? Now, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 says that, God, uh, Don't be deceived. God does not mock. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And this is for many of you here tonight, myself included. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we will reap. Whatever God told you to do, he will pay for it. Whatever God is showing you, he will take care of it. He will show you the way. He will be ahead of you preparing everything you have need of. And though it seems to tarry, wait, wait, wait. And after you've waited to the end that you think you can't wait anymore... You continue to wait. Let's stand to our feet because God will never be late. He will always be there to take you from glory to glory. And I'll say this to some of you that may you just feel like you're stuck in a rut. You start listening to the Holy Spirit. He's got you where you are for a reason, but he's also telling you where he's going to take you. And he will take you anywhere he wants you to go if you'll get in agreement with him. When we live the Word of God, the current manna proceeding from the mouth of God, the signs, wonders, and miracles will be following us, and you'll be looking in the mirror thinking, how can God use somebody like me? But I know He will, because He's no respecter of persons. He loves you, and He has a plan for you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? All over this church, I want to ask you, what is the most important question you'll ever answer? And that is that if you die tonight, do you know that you would go to be with Jesus? And if you're here and you say, you know, I, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I don't know. 
or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You, you know that you have walked away from the things of God. Let tonight be the night you come home. God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. And all over this church, if I described you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And we're going to pray for you. Holy Spirit will move. The Holy Spirit will show you if that's you. Yes, yes, yes. I see your hands. Are there others? You say, my life is all messed up. I don't know if I'm saved or not, but if that's what it's going to take to turn my life around, then that's what I want. If that's you, I'm going to ask you just to slip your hand off. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to wait just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit continue to move. Are there others? If you are one of them, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you right now because He loves you and He has the plan for your life. Those, those of you that lifted your hand, I'm going to ask you to come down here with me. Ushers, help us. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know that that's, that that's calling you. Yeah, give them a hand. Give them a hand as they come. You come on down here if you're here. Stretch your, stretch your hand out to these. It's a day of new beginnings. A day of new beginnings. Stretch your hands out here as we pray. Let's, let's all pray this prayer together. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Now, Father, I thank you for each of these at this altar. Lord, you know everything about their past. You know everything about the present. And you know everything about what you have planned for the future. And that it's never too late to do the right thing. You love them. And you see their heart yielded to you tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to take care of every need that they have. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, would the three of you go to your left just for a moment with this gentleman right here just for a second and uh, give him a hand as they go.